0: Welcome to the Victorian Parent Council VPC Parent Podcast Series. VPC is a registered charity organisation dedicated to everyone who support parents in educating their children. I'm Jackie Vanderbilt, your host today. I'm here today with Amanda LaCorte. Amanda has been a guest on our podcast series in the past. Um, And Amanda, welcome. It's lovely to have you with us today.
1: Thank you for having a trying time for everybody. (laughs)
0: Um, Amanda look I think it's always a good way for our guests to introduce themselves so I'll I'll hand over to you.
1: Okay well I'm Amanda LaCorday and I'm an academic life coach and uh, executive function coach working primarily with students uh, one-on-one and conducting a lot of workshops through both schools and externally for students, parents and teachers.
0: So Amanda look this is like crazy times. (laughs) We're uh, in uh, coronavirus territory, uh, COVID-19 or whatever it is it's called now. Um, and uh, I think this is all really new territory for us. Uh, so this has big implications for schooling, for continuing education, for the new role of parents who find themselves potentially at home with, uh, with their children. So how long, you know, how long might this go on for and what will it mean?
1: I guess initially it's very much obviously unknown Uh, and we're all coming up, particularly in Australia, we're all coming up to school holidays in the next little while. So that's probably a good thing. Uh, So I guess, you know, some schools will need to manage the the closed environment up until that time. Uh, But I suspect it will go on longer and it will continue to evolve uh, probably over the next couple of months. Mm -hmm.
0: I know that some schools, uh, certainly um, in the the fields that I'm working in, have been working on a business continuity type model where there's going to be uh, an element of distance learning happening, uh, perhaps some online learning happening. uh, And uh, certainly we want to, you know, you don't want you don't want the students and our, and our children to go off the boil with this sort of thing because of you know, extended periods of time. We know how difficult it is sometimes after even the summer holidays to get, uh, get people back on track. We've only really just come off the summer holidays. But what can um, can parents be doing to facilitate learning at home if, in fact, we do have our children at home for a longer period of time?
1: Look I guess I guess the biggest thing first of all to mention is that this is new as you as you mentioned and school it's not something you know we've got a precedent around uh, it's a very new thing for schools and, and schools have really been run off their feet in the last little while trying to really madly prepare for how they're going to facilitate this going forward. Uh, as we know, there's, there's a, a variety of uh, people in our society who will have the opportunity to be able to work from home uh, and particularly students, whereas there's others that aren't. So we've got to obviously deal with all that aspect going on as well um, as, you know, those that, that can do it. So that's the initial thing, and I, as I said, um, I just think it's really important for everyone to be patient uh, and, and really for schools, parents, students, teachers, everyone to work together on trying to find out what you know the best solution is and, and managing this. Um, in terms of parents for supporting their, their children at home, I think that the biggest thing is when it's not school holidays, they need to keep pretty much the same routine as they keep on a day-to-day basis. So my advice is very much that students, you know, should be still getting up like they were going to school, um, still going through the normal day-to-day routines and then just continuing their learning over that sort of nine to three you know, time frame that, that they potentially would at school. Uh, that way then we're not doing this whole up and down bit, you know, bits and pieces and like, you know, having to settle back into a routine again after the school holidays. We're trying to keep the routine and, and normality as as much as possible. Now that might not be necessarily possible for stu- you, you know younger students. Their learning might be narrowed down into shorter blocks of time if, if that's going to continue. And more than likely, I would imagine for primary school students, it's very much going to be around continuing to read um, and some of those basic elements uh, and just doing normal day-to-day things in the home, you know, cooking with them and um you know, just, yeah, reading, sharing, sharing bits and pieces and, and doing activities and there will be mathletics things and other resources that I'm sure the school will provide where they can continue, you know, to some normality. It's probably more impactful at this point in time for our Year 12 students, More Year 11 and Year 12 students more than anything. Uh, and I know that there's a lot of students out there that are very anxious at the moment about this. And in particular, I was even just working with a Year 9 student last night and They are, they're very concerned. So I encourage parents to talk to their children about what is going on. Um, and try and take away some of that anxiety. And there's lots of resources and articles out there to help parents, you know, in, on that front. But in terms, of, in terms of their learning, I think the biggest thing is that students are going to have to be so much more disciplined than ever before. And we know that's a struggle with students on a day-to-day basis when they're going to school and having to, you know, do work and so forth. So it, it's going to be something that is quite challenging. And I guess, as I said, parents are just going to have to work, work through it. Oh, look, I think that's a
0: really good point, Amanda. That um, I think this is actually probably providing a really good opportunity for parents and to to reconnect with their with their with their children about school and about learning. And I'm thinking, I'm wondering whether this is also a really good opportunity to do things like, you know, set up proper work areas. You know, you don't need to spend a lot of money, but at all. In fact, it just might be a matter of clearing space. Um, like, you make the day as a normal routine, school routine as possible. So, do we have our do we have our room and our study area set up? a work area set up like just as an example my entire lounge room now and dining table has been set up as a workstation for everybody who's in this house who's working from home so do we do the same thing you know at um, home for our for our students to
1: actually carry on yeah, look, I think that's really important and that's one of the tips that I've been putting together in a tip sheet that we will share with um, parents as well um, and hopefully that will come out very shortly. Um, but one of the things is, you know, set themselves up in a space that's conducive to to continuing that that learning. Making sure they've obviously got all their books that they sh- should have or will have brought home from school so they've got access to all of those. They've got access to pens, they've got access to paper, those sorts of things so that they're not having to find excuses to you know, go looking for that sort of stuff and, and avoid, you know, and hindering their learning. So really just, as you said, it can be basic, just, you know, a, a bench, a table, you know, it doesn't have to be a formal desk, um, you know, in, 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 a, in a separate area. But obviously, as you said, the other comment too is, you know, if everyone's working together, you know, that it may or may not work. So, you know, you've got to factor that in. And like with students in general, some like to work in a noisy environment, some like to work in a quiet environment. So we have to factor that in when we're trying to set up these spaces for our our children as well.
0: I think that I think also too, but something that I'm, you know, aware of, and, and when you know, I was in the classroom too, is actually making sure that there are those those natural breaks for movement and activity, that uh, teachers are acutely aware of when they've got a whole classroom of classroom of students. You know, when people start to get the wriggles and they're a little bit distracted, you know that you need to change the pace or the or the, the mode of or the mode of working. So I think for parents, you know, the, <laughs> who obviously know their children extremely well. But to factor all of those sorts of things in too, that there is that balance between the, you know, the book work, the sitting down work and the getting up and moving around and having those sort of breaks
1: as well. Yeah, look, very, very important as it is with studying at any point in time or, or doing schoolwork. So I, I know when I was speaking to one of my students last night, I said to him, you know, it's, it's a new thing for him as of tomorrow that he's going to be learning from home. And I said to him, I'm presuming they're going to factor in the breaks you know, like recess and, and lunch like they normally would. Um, and But around that, you know, if you're feeling like you're just, you know, you're just not concentrating or whatever, get up, stand up, jump around, you know, go for a quick walk for a couple of minutes and come back down. You know, particularly with kid families with, with younger students, you know, where possible, if they've got a backyard or somewhere that kids can get out and, and run around or take them to the park during that break or, or whatever it might be to just try and facilitate and continue that that learning where possible.
0: Amanda, I know that in previous conversations, we've had some really good chats about organising, you know, organising sort of methodologies, if you like. (laughs) And I was just thinking that this would be a really great opportunity for parents and their children to actually develop a work diary. So the sorts of things, so not just making the list of things that we need to cover in the day, but also making the list of things that we have covered during the day. So there might be the, the aspirational, this is what we want to work on, but here's what we actually did do. And included in that can be all of those sort of conversations, particularly for the younger ones, conversations, activities, where, you know, we we actually measured out, you know, they helped me with the cooking and they measured out all of the, the, the ingredients and the, you know, the proportions and the, all those sorts of things, which are actually, you know, extremely helpful in applied mathematics and in a lot of ways um, and problem solving. So just to be acutely aware that all of those things can be logged as activities and, and learning moments that, that are really valuable.
1: Yeah, definitely. I know I did a workshop recently with some year four, fives and sixes and one of the things I did with them was put together a timetable um, of their day. Now, they, some of them drew it, some of them wrote, you know, what it is they do in the morning before school, during school, after school, and so forth. So, that parents could do a similar activity um, around, you know, on, on two... Two fronts really uh, with their children, and I basically just put together a little simple spreadsheet that they completed. Now, what you can do with that is, is what I guess the day-to-day expectations are, because that's another thing for parents. If parents are trying to work from home as well, they need to. Children need to know what the expectations are, not only from school but from operating in their in their family environment, so as not to disturb everybody, um, or it can be come into complete chaos. So. I think it might be useful to do that with particularly younger children more so but older children too they need to know the expectations they can't be going into the kitchen every five minutes for food and and wanting this and wanting that so I think that's a great exercise and then I think as you said it can also be useful to use that same almost same document or a a different format um, of listing down the sorts of things that they have been doing so that when the time comes that they go back to school or what have you then those that's sort of a a record of that that period of time so let's move to sort of the
0: the concept of uh, technologies and social platforms i know that we often spend a lot of time in this parent engagement space you know agonizing over how much time (laughs) how much time the kids are actually spending on facebook and instagram and other types of social media but in a lot of ways too, this this uh you know potential you know lockdown or isolation which sounds you know sounds horrendous but really we live in an age where we can still keep those social connections going for for young people in a pretty you know maybe it's not being together physically but they can still be chatting with their friends and having having time together Um, even in a learning in a social learning setting as well but We've been spending a lot of time saying no more mobile phones in the classroom, no more mobile phones at
1: school, etc. But
0: I think this is probably a time where we can start to use them as actual tools that are incredibly productive.
1: It's very interesting, as you said, and I think, you know, parents are going to grapple with this because we've gone from, you know, not wanting our kids to do too much of it, as you said, um, and finding a balance. And, And unfortunately, we're probably going to go back the other way for a certain period of time because they're going to be using it you know, with their learning ongoing, as well as then more so that social communication is going to be very, very important. Again, one of my students last night said to me that he was concerned he wasn't going to see his friends. So, you know, one of the tips that I I recommend as well um, to schools and and to students is, you know, keep in touch with your fellow students, you know, maybe do some group learning um, around school, but then also obviously that that external communication is important the key around this though very much for parents and students is they don't need their phone with them while they're doing their learning if they're doing their learning at home so it doesn't need to be there as that distraction and that device that's you know pulling you to the side it's like oh look at me look at me and then you know before they know it they're on that and they're not doing whatever it is that they need to do so that's a really important aspect and turning off notifications on devices and so forth so that they're not getting us distracted on, at the moments when they shouldn't be getting distracted.
0: So I think brave new world. I think that there's going to be, <laughs> there's going to be some interesting learnings from this. And I actually think that we, we can really see this as a bit of an opportunity, to be perfectly honest, of getting, getting some of that balance back. But also, too, I think a key point that we've talked about before that you've been really um, really strong on is building student agency.
1: Definitely. And I think this is another key area. And again, something that's really, really important, even more so now is if, if children are working on their own and in their environment at home, they don't understand something. They don't, you know, they miss something in the lesson. They, you know, they need to speak up. And for some kids, it will be easier because they haven't got that, you don't have to put my hand up in class to you know, to, to get that information and, and put themselves out there. You know, some, some don't like to do that. Others, obviously, you know, are more than comfortable in doing that. So there's emails and other ways that they can follow up with, with teachers and I encourage them more than ever. But as you said, I see this as an opportunity because I think it will improve students' learning in this space and be, see them become better self-advocates for themselves, hopefully, Um, as well now that's something parents can be supporting as well so they can be checking in with their children about their learning how did you go today or what did you learn rather than coming at it from a nagging point of view you know just have a discussion about it you know what did you learn and just you know create some interest around it and did you struggle with anything what were your challenges you know what worked well those sorts of things so that potentially they can assist with that self-advocacy as well that's, that's a really lovely way of looking
0: at it. And I'm also thinking, too, that parents might be feeling, oh, my goodness, all of this pressure, I'm now responsible, which they kind of are. Yep. <laughs> but, yep. but, but also, too, but, but looking at this and saying, I don't need to be doing all of this, this huge amount of, of, of work that um, so schools actually obviously do get through. But to really narrow it down to and maybe having that conversation with the school about well, what's essential.
1: Yeah, and I think hopefully schools are communicating that well and, and again, you know, I've seen some communications that have gone out to to families and, and to students already and, you know, I think schools are trying to set their expectations but, again, that will be something that will continue to evolve. So you know, parents might be expected to do this or that, but then that might change or, you know, so again, I I think it's just a very fluid environment that we're going to see happen and just something that we just need to, as I said earlier, be patient and just, just go along with. I think... You know, secondary school students, as I said, discipline is going to be so important for them to to be self-disciplined, to continue their learning and and so on. Um, They should be old enough. Now, some aren't necessarily mature enough, but they should be old enough to potentially basically do it by themselves. Now, as I said, it's not necessarily going to be easy for all, and they're still going to need support around that. I think where the challenges are even more so is obviously those from primary school age, Um, And and keeping them occupied and keeping them and their learning going up. But as I said earlier as well, there's so much learning in that home environment that some of that just basic day-to-day stuff that we do anyway is is continuing that. I know I spoke with a, a woman who homeschools her children the other day as well, and she basically pointed out that, you know, your children won't suffer academically. Um, you know, I mean, it might if it goes on and on and on, but you know, again, we don't know that. So, for a period of time, you know, I'm sure we can all cope, and we can try and support to the best we can. That's that's really at the end of the day all we can do.
0: That's right, and I'm I'm actually I, I mean I have seen some really good and good and helpful communications coming from schools as they're preparing parents for. What looks like everyone, everyone being home for an extended period of time, really encouraged by some of the um, proposals, which are um, units of work that they that they would have been doing at school, which have adapt, they're adapting for home, which involves quite an integrated approach to, to topics. So there's a theme, and then there's all of these different activities or selections of activities, learning activities that can be undertaken at home very easily with the sorts of resources that they've got at home and obviously having technology and the internet available is really useful but there will be a lot of things that can actually be done at home without too much trouble and I I found that to be really encouraging particularly for the younger students so that they do keep that engagement and interest interest going which is uh, incredibly helpful.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, you know, engagement is really what we're trying to do. We're trying to help kids, you know, maintain focus and, and again, that self-discipline and motivation to actually continue their learning. Now, for some, as I said before, that will be easy. And for others, you know, it will be a little bit more of a challenge. But um, we really want them to be self-directed learners. We want them to continue, you know, in, in their education. And it's not just a matter of doing what they need to get done you know, as in the coursework, particularly the senior students, they will still need to, you know, look at it from the point of view of doing revision and preparing for assessments. Now, we don't know what assessments and things are going to look like at the moment, basically schools are putting that all on hold and, and deferring that to, to later times. But, there may come a time when we have to, the schools will be looking at that because we may not, you know, it may go on for a period so that there might still have to be some of those formal assessments that have to occur. So students need to be prepared and, and still ready for that and not just, you know, think it's a holiday. Um, obviously, with the holidays coming up, let them have a break by all means. I mean, senior students still should probably be working away over that period of time, but not to the degree of, you know, nine to three, you know, constantly every day. So they do need to have a break. But... Um, when they are technically in a school term, they should be continuing with their, their learning. Um, and it's not to be seen as a holiday.
0: I agree. And I think what's really what's important tonight too, Amanda is that um, every other year 12 student is in the same boat yes but it's not like it's not like they're the only ones that the, you know they're the only ones that at home they're the only ones having to deal with this and i, I know that i was looking at some communication come from, coming from various education departments and and accrediting authorities uh this morning and they're already they're already talking about the advice that they're giving schools around formal assessment and what that might look like and and what what modifications and changes will need to happen to enable the process to go through as smoothly as possible and of course they've be acutely aware, you know, like we've had in you know times of you know crisis before, you know, where we've had unusual events happening. Um, there has always been um, room for uh, some accommodation, you know, to. Yeah, you know, so that students are not disadvantaged.
1: Yeah. And as you said, I think I was having the exact same discussion with a couple of parents this morning, you know, cause I have one in year 12 myself. So I'm, I'm, I'm acutely aware of this and the importance of it. But again, I've been having those discussions with my children um, around a lot of what we've talked about already today, that it won't be a holiday when, and if it happens. Um, so I think that's the other thing, you know, just keeping that up. But I think that the main thing around that is all students are in the same boat and, they will be you know all probably getting some form of consideration you know down the track, but it 's not just one or the other, which tends to be more what normally happens so um, you know and again, look, there are some challenges out there for some families i mean we 've got lots of students who have got challenges learning challenges you know they might be on the spectrum or they you know they might have dyslexia or they might have you know a whole range of different things and this is going to be a challenging period, but again, you know, those families are generally very good at supporting and trying to continue to support their children will be really important. And I guess that's where, you know, someone like myself can certainly assist if need be um, in relation to that.
0: Look, Amanda, we're looking forward to getting your tip sheet. So that'll be out on the VPC uh, websites and and through their their regular communications with parents. Uh, But look, it's been great chatting to you today. I think this is a Again, opportunity, and it's great to be sharing uh, insights from someone who is so positive. Um, I think it's going to be, it could be actually be really quite good <laughs> in a lot of ways.
1: Um, right. I think let's be positive about it. Let's not focus on any negativity. There's enough negativity going on in the world at the moment, and yeah. let's see what we can do to help and support our, our students around this.
0: Good stuff. Thank you so much, Amanda.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.
0: Thank you to our guest speaker. We hope you enjoyed today's topic. Want to know more about this podcast and other VPC podcasts? Please visit the VPC website, vicparentscouncil.vic.edu.au and leave a review. We would also welcome you to contact us if you would like to be our guest or if you have a topic around parenting and education. Thank you to Melbourne singer, Emma Sydney, for her permission to use her soundtrack, Cherish.